be sleeping on their chances to make some noise. Not in the AFC North, let's say. I can't do it. I can't, I can't muster the energy on a Monday morning to say that we're sleeping on the Bengals because they haven't earned the right. There's a lot of teams we're sleeping on that have. I think we're sleeping on the Detroit Lions. I think we're sleeping on the Seahawks. I think we're sleeping on the Arizona Cardinals. The Bengals, I'm just sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other way I can put this. I'm yeah. not going to blow sunshine and BS out of all every orifice of my body. <laughs> because the fact is just I've been some watching the Bengals <laughs> since I was in junior high trying to do this. So, yeah, it looks good, and I see Dalton, and I see Marv, and I see some good things, and I've seen a lot of good things. You have to prove it to me if you're Cincinnati, guys. We cannot sit here and say, I don't know, maybe they got a shot. I've said that for most of my adult life. Yeah. Until you do it, I ain't gonna lie to you. I need to see it first. We we oftentimes have fatigue when teams are successful. I feel like when it comes to the Bengals, there's fatigue from failure. So you get all excited, right? Pseudo failure. Yeah, they're pseudo always failure. kind of They're always there. kind of good, but we're always so hyped, though. And yeah. we know that they're going to be successful, and they have the talent, and they have superstars. I mean, there are moments where Andy Dalton looks phenomenal. There's moments where A.J. Green is the best receiver in football. And then they add all these pieces, and then at the end of the season, you're like, wait, wait what happened? What happened to Cincinnati again? And, and that's kind of where we are. Do I want to get excited? Yeah, I'm not going to go so far as it, where you're looking the at Ross it from. Play was incredible. That Ross place got me geeked <laughs> up. Because it. last season before, I was saying Ross is going to be my breakout superstar. So you know what? I'll double back and I'll say John Ross is going to be my breakout superstar. If he can stay healthy, you know, we're looking at Tyreek Hill. We get excited about his feet. John Ross can do the same thing. This is Peter Warwick in but the Bengals he, uniform. He's a little bit a of a thing? better route Thank runner. You. And this is a shot at Tyreek Hill. Just a little bit of a better route runner. I don't know who's faster, which says a lot about John Ross's mm, speed. Right. So. If he could compliment A.J. Green, this could be the best number two A.J. Green has ever had, which for Andy Dalton is an absolute heaven sent. So hopefully this guy right here, John Ross, can help me get excited. Can about I get a giant graphic of a human? And hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast. And I have to talk, as you heard with the intro, about my beloved the worst love of my life, the Cincinnati Bengals and the outlook of this year for them. I might do this for a couple of other teams. If you want to send me a team that you want me to go over, I will absolutely do that. But I have to go with my Bengals. I have to talk about the outlook. I'm going to give you five reasons why I think that things can change for them and they can make the playoffs, okay? But, uh... (laughs) The Bengals and Marvin Lewis have been fucking up my life for the better part of about 17 years. You know, I had some, we've had some good moments. Ocho Cinco's whole career was great. No playoff wins. I've loved A.J. Green. No playoff wins. Uh, shit, I even, I even got, got to watch Corey Dillon in his prime. And uh, thank God he went to the Patriots and got some playoff wins and did his thing. And that's awesome. But, uh... Listen, I understand why people hate on the Bengals. Um, They have not proven anything. They really haven't. As much as I love the team and as much talent as they have, they always choke. But I'm going to give you five reasons. One, two, three, four, five. As to why the Bengals are going to make all y'all learn. Okay? So I would say, number one, the offensive line doesn't blow. Okay? Everything starts up front, and if the offensive line doesn't get better, everything from this point out is out of the butt and into the fuck. 
So the Bengals have made two moves in the spring that are amazing. They get Cody Glenn from the Bills, and he immediately legitimizes the line as an anchor to the left tackle spot. He's one of the best at his positions. I know that he can get injured sometimes. Who the fuck can't get injured sometimes? But uh, as of right now, he's okay. So he's locking down that left side. I also really liked the first round pick they got of uh, Billy Price out of Ohio State. He dominated in college. He was really good. And I have no reason to think that he's not going to be great now. I've seen him in three preseason games. Other than a couple of missed snaps in like practice, he's been fantastic in every game. So I like him. That was reason number one. Are you convinced yet? Probably not. That's okay. The second one, the 2017 draft class was fucked. Or was it? (laughs) The Bengals went hard on the offensive side of the ball early in 2017 in the draft. Two big ass swings. Two huge misses. At least in year one, though. But that's okay. The bold approach is going to pay off this year and beyond. I'm going to explain to you why. First, I like the John Ross pick at number nine overall last year. He is fucking fast. He is so freaking good. Now, following the selection, I remember saying over and over again to all my friends and anyone that would listen to me talk, Ross himself might not put up huge numbers, but his mere presence on the field of being that fast is going to open up the field for A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. And I've always said if they get someone on the other side of A.J. Green, good freaking luck. Then John Ross played 17 snaps last year, and he had shoulder and knee injuries, and that hijacked his rookie campaign. It was fucked. But if you watched him in camp at all, or you've been watching him in the preseason, this dude is an absolute monster now. He's making big play after big play, no matter what, if I'm watching him in practice, if I'm watching him into the games, good luck covering the fastest player in the NFL, okay? Good luck with that. And then we've got the second-round pick, Joe Mixon. This dude offers a spectacular skill set. I mean, it wasn't really on display much of last year, due to injuries, poor line play. But listen, Mixon is going to break out behind a much improved front in 2018. I'm telling you, the theory makes sense, people. And it needs to be right for the Bengals to win. Pro Football Focus tells me that he ranked 43rd out of 53 qualifying running backs in yards after contact. And then they also said that he was 49th in elusive rating Hey pro, hey, pro football focus, why don't you focus on fucking off and pound sand while you're at it, all right? And then you can watch this little banglet rush for over 1,000 yards and get catch for 500 yards and then pound it in your end zone eight times. You can take that goddamn shit to the bank. You understand that? I'm sorry I'm getting a little fired up, but pro football focus is trying to tell me that Mr. Mixon ain't going to get it done. And I'm telling you right now that that kitty cat's going to roar and he's going to make you learn. Number three. Andy Dalton is better than you think. Dot, 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 fuck off. Because I know a lot of people are going to tell me that he sucks and he's the worst. But here's a big stat that people are not realizing. I'm a Bengals fan and I saw this and my eyes went wide open. The Bengals play 14 games in the 1 p.m. window. And that is great news. Because no primetime games equals more primetime Bengals. (laughs) 
I like Dalton overall as a quarterback. He's developed into a typically efficient passer who doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, I know. He had 12 interceptions last year, but that was because the offensive line was fucked. Considering he's had 15 over the previous two seasons, I'd say the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's made a few mistakes in a few big spots. It's always easily like it's always easy to be, blame Dalton, but trust me, with an, a revamped offensive line and all these weapons, you gotta expect the fireworks, people. Expect the fireworks. And as a side note, I'm glad the Bengals have decided to go for it. I'm glad that they resisted the temptation of spending a high pick on a quarterback to start over. Dude, Dalton's 30 years old, man. He's led the team to the playoffs five times. I know it's not always looked pretty, but not too long ago in 2015, this team was 10-0 making a run before he fucking hurt his hand. So I'm telling you, this dude under the right coaching, which by the way, Mr. Laser, Bill Laser is going to create the Laser show. All right, they were pretty garbage before he got on as offensive coordinator, and then they started making it look, making everybody learn. Now, number four, I'm not going with Bill Lazor. I'm going with the defensive side of the ball. Okay, Terrell Austin. This dude brings a new feel to the defense. All right, the defense clearly hasn't been the same since Mike Zimmer left for Minnesota in 2014. Zimmer's last three units and since he ranked seventh, sixth, and third in total defense. Since then, they've gone from, man, the 22nd for that fucking defense. Unbelievable. 11th, 17th, and 18th. That is amazing to me. The Bengals, listen, first of all, they've got to get Vontez Perfect on the board. He's polarizing, but he's talented as fuck. And let's be honest, the Bengals could use a little bit of attitude on this defense. I mean, within the rules, obviously, but some attitude for sure. In the final year under Zimmer, Burfick posted an NFL high 171 tackles, three sacks, and a pick, dude. He's 27 years old. He hasn't come close to having that kind of stat line since. Bring that guy back, Terrell Austin. I'm going to call you Terry now. Come on, Terry. Get it going. Nobody's perfect, people. Nobody is perfect, but we can try. The second thing is create some turnovers. The Bengals were next to last somehow with 14 takeaways last year. Only the Cleveland Browns had fucking few. The Cleveland Browns. So if... God, the Cleveland Browns. Are you serious? So we were pretty much dead last among the real teams. (laughs) So Austin was good in Detroit in this category last year. The Lions finished third with 32 32 takeaways is sick getting anywhere near that amount would work for the Bengals um and I'm hoping that Terrell Austin can get it going I like what he's putting on the field right now our defense in the preseason game three six sacks the Bills had they had no answer for us man Billings up the middle we were just crushing them and five one two three four five we are to the fifth reason already wow William Jackson is the next best cornerback in the league. So says Pat Kearns. So says Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. Write it down. Boom. As Ted McDonald would say, put it in a time capsule, reopen the time capsule, and you'll see that I'm right. Because Jackson was, he was a great third corner for the Bengals, but he's ready to take the next step now, all right? Pro Football Focus had him as one of the highest rated corners in the league last year. 
Now, a few minutes ago, I told Pro Football Focus to pound sand, but in light of them agreeing with me now, I have no choice but to quote them as a credible source. So, anyway, quarterbacks had a passer rating of just 31.6 against him. And the thing that sticks out to me the most is that when he was, like, covering Antonio Brown, you got all these, like, Bengals fans putting the stat lines, but the stat lines are amazing because – Brown was targeted seven times when he was covered by William Jackson. And Antonio Brown had zero receptions, dude. And there were four knockdowns. They weren't just overthrows and all that. So that's legit. This kind, this is the kind of stud that the Bengals need. They need that, like, lockdown cornerback. They used to have Leon Hall, and he was really good. They had Jonathan Joseph. Their defense was always at their best when they had one really good lockdown corner. If you can have him on one side and Kirkpatrick on the other, that would be huge, okay? And one of Austin's hallmarks is finding a way to get the most out of players on defense. He's not the kind of guy to come and do it my way or the highway stuff that a lot of coordinators are guilty of, but let me tell you something. This team can do it. The Bengals have a legitimate chance to reach the playoffs, whether you want to believe it or not. I'm telling you, it's true. Like, I mean, it's cool to be one of those teams that everyone's like, oh, yeah, the 49ers, they're going to be sick. Jimmy G, oh, my God, the Titans, they're going to be sick. Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you all right now, the Bengals are the team. And and I'm going to tell you why. I Listen, I gave you five reasons. But in all honesty, this is my final thought and my final note on the whole thing. See, a lot of people coming out there saying... Oh, 3 and 13, 4 and 12, oh, 5 and 11. Honestly, dude, that's funny. You you're all hilarious. Because if you look at the stats, the Bengals were virtually the worst offense in 2017, but they still finished 7 and 9. How'd they do that? Did they have a top 10 defense? No, I told you that they didn't. The defense finished 18th as I said. The Bengals nearly would have had four extra freaking wins where they lost by four points or less in the last minute, easily giving them 11 wins. With an 11-win team, they could have made the wild card. Are people still talking shit? Are people still saying that they're the worst ever? Now, I don't know if they would have won a playoff game or not, but I'm just saying they're closer to 11 wins than anyone even realizes. The Bengals then in the offseason decide to add the two major pieces of the coaching staff with defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, offensive line coach Frank Pollock, Wow. And I'm telling you right now, dude, Pollock is giving that fucking grit and grind back to these guys. He knows what he's doing. Everybody knows what's going on. And they've got a chance to be great with a well-nourished offensive line, protection for Andy Dalton. This offense is going to go up you and down. They're going to fucking crush everybody up one side, down the other. All right, A.J. Green, top five wide receiver in the league. On the other side, you got John Ross, Mr. 4-2-2 speed. Then you got Tyler Boyd in the slot. If Tyler Eifert can stay healthy, which might be the biggest thing ever. Because when Eifert's healthy, he's mini Gronk, and he's fantastic. He's like a better version of Kelsey. So if he can stay healthy, dude, I'm telling you right now, we are going to be unstoppable. Not to mention you've got the rookie Auden Tate that's bigger than everybody. And then you got Josh Malone. The list goes on and on with the wide receivers, dude. But as I said with Mixon, you still got Giovanni Bernard behind him. They're both all-purpose backs. They can catch out of the backfield. They can do whatever they want, dude. We have so many guys that can get it going. Then you go to the other side of the ball. I told you a lot about the defense, but I'm going to tell you again. 
You've got Carl Lawson, who on his rookie year had over 10 sacks. He was a fucking monster. Then you got Carlos Dunlap. You got Geno Atkins all in the same defensive line. Is that all pro bowlers? Is that an all pro defensive line? Because it should be. I'm telling you that right now. Not to mention, I don't know if anyone's seen Andrew Billings lately, but that dude has been rushing up the middle and destroying everybody. Then the secondary, you got William Jackson the third, Dequise Denard, like Sean Williams has been tackling everybody. And then the second round pick, Jesse Bates the third, who we got rid of George Iloka, which was a big deal because we've had him for a long time. But they think that Jesse Bates the third is the next guy. And I have no reason to question anything that they're doing right now based off of what I've been seeing in the preseason and practicing. And dude, listen, <laughs> then you got Vontez Perfect and Preston Brown. Preston Brown. They've both led the league in tackles for a few of these years that they've been in the league. And I'm telling you right now, with all of these people on the Bengals, with everything that's going on, and with everything I've just said to you, I'm letting you know. Who day, all day. The Bengals have just as good a chance as anybody at making the playoffs this year. I'm predicting 10-6. and six. I'm hoping 11-5. and five. Either way, it's the quest for seven, and you will learn. Thank you for listening to Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk, or should I just say Bengals Talk at this point. But uh, once again, if anybody wants me to talk about their team, you got another team you want me to talk about, I'll do it. And uh, thank you for listening. You're the best. And that was going to be the end of the podcast. But uh, a little bit of breaking news here for my Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals agreed to a four-year deal, $65.3 million extension with Geno Atkins. And a three-year, $45 million extension for defensive end Carlos Dunlap. I love both of those moves. They have been solid on that defensive line with the addition of Billings With Carl Lawson on the other side, I mean, they're definitely top five in the league for defensive line. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, I'm starting to feel now like this is the start of something special for the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, I'm still going with the 10-6 record. I'm thinking we make the playoffs. Who day, baby. Thanks for listening to the podcast.